Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday. A couple of jab-related things I want to go over here. Uh, some updated statistics on a few things. Shouldn't shock those that listen to this podcast, but uh, certainly worth revisiting and, and going over. There's also a particular story here that I want to read that's absolutely pathetic. And it really, I mean, it's really sad and funny at the exact same time, but it has to do with school nurses. And there's something that's happening now with school nurses that uh, is awful, I think. And what they are basically doing, and I'm going to read this entire article because it's, it's, uh, it's embarrassing, is they are patting themselves on the back like you would not believe. And there are county and state officials that are providing awards and rewards to these school nurses for all of the hard work that they did during the pandemic. It's, um, it is next level brainwashing. I, every single thing that a school nurse did who bought into all of this, the, again, the contact tracing, the testing, all of it, all of it is fake, of course. Every single school nurse that participated in any of this is brainwashed. End of story. They are, they are clearly the least intelligent of the lot because they have no idea that everything that they were doing was, was purposefully fraudulent. And all, and all of this was based on a giant lie. Again, even the FDA now has come out and said that, quote-unquote, COVID, which we know that's not what it stands for, but again, it, that, that COVID-19, so to speak, uh, is, no, is no worse than the flu. That's it. Again, keep in mind, just to review, it was the hospital policy that was killing people. It was the inability to obtain antiparasitic drugs at the time that was killing people. It was people injecting themselves with flu shots, and now, of course, people who have injected themselves with the quote-unquote bioweapon vaccine. This is, this is the problem. And these nurses were pushing this on countless people. You know that school nurses would come on the PA systems of schools and say, okay, everybody, I have an update. I have an announcement. And what you're going to hear in this particular article is that one school nurse, again, boasts about going home tired and it was exhausting for her, and she was having to get on the internet and scour the CDC's website for the latest information. I mean, my God, the, these, these people cannot be helped. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, I want to, again, I just want to start off with a couple of things here before I get to that article, because I got to tell you, it's a doozy. It is just a doozy. I was laughing and speechless as I read it the first time. Uh, I don't think I can reenact my emotion on that, but it was jacked up. Okay, this comes from the Daily Expose again. I'm just reading some headlines here. CDC report admits that 74.2 million people in the United States have not had a single dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, bioweapon, and another 157 million have refused a second or third dose. So that's good. That's, uh, that's good. That is not, again, the major when somebody says the majority of the, the Americans uh, are vaccinated. Not true. That's, that's not true. Um, but again, those that have had two or three doses, um, you know, time will tell here. Time's already told, frankly, for, for many of them, and, and they already know what the consequences are. 
But there are people who are waking up to this and they are finding out the hard way. And again, some of them are not finding out at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else I can add there. Um, here's another one. This comes from the counter signal, again, titled Pfizer document. Over 1,200 people have died during the Pfizer vaccine trials. Just the trials alone, 12, over 1,200 people passed away. Again, they weren't concerned with statistics during the trials. And as I brought up in the previous episode, when I was ringing off all of the exemptions, all of the health-related exemptions that, uh, th that if people had them, they couldn't even participate in the trials. Again, they, they aren't concerned with the health and well-being of anybody here. And we, we know that. For those of us that are awake to this, we, we certainly know that. Uh, well, that article's been taken down. That's suspicious. Headline news around the world, uh, Pfizer VP Rady Johnson arrested on heels of Pfizer documents. Again, I don't know if that's true or not, but that particular story has been taken down. That seems suspicious to me. Uh, here, here's the, again, shouldn't shock anybody. Here's another one. Masks do nothing. It's been scientifically proven. Again, it said so on the sides of boxes, and people still did it anyway. Okay, two years ago, when you're, wa when you're, when you're walking around wherever you live and you saw toddlers wearing masks, if that didn't enrage you like it enraged me, um, then I, I don't know. You're either wearing a mask or you're a soulless animal. It's one of the two. But again, here's a, a, another example of an actual study, multiple authors, correlation between mask compliance and COVID-19 outcomes in Europe. Again, people who wore the masks and went along with it are sick and and jabbed those who did not go along with the masks are not jabbed and are not sick it's it's pretty straightforward uh, i've brought this example up before and i believe i have anyway there's a thing that goes on in education which i've i've never liked and it was something that i i first started to watch actually during my career uh when, when i was when i was a a former educator, but they would do this thing where, again, an email would go out from someone, either a school nurse or the administrator or something, and they would say, uh, you know, Friday's coming up, everybody wear this color shirt on Friday. You know, games and gimmicks like that. I never participated in that. I'm a grown man. I know how to dress myself. I don't need other people to tell me what to wear in particular situations. Uh, that hive mind mentality of we all need to dress exactly the same, make sure that everybody's wearing the same colored t-shirt with the same slogan on it, whatever else. That is all geared toward getting people to not think for themselves or have any sense of individuality or common sense. That's exactly what it is. And it's also designed, I might add, to get every school teacher within a building to comply with their coworkers for the illusion of making it look like everybody is in this together, regardless of the cause, regardless of, of what it is, that we're all, we're, you know, we all think alike and we all do the same thing at the same time and we're a team and we're all team players and we're all, we're on the same team kind of thing. I, I never, I never went along with that. It even got worse 
that same mentality does get worse for many educators. Uh, what will happen sometimes is they'll walk into the mailroom where their mailboxes are, and out of nowhere, without warning, every single mailbox would be filled with the same color t-shirt with the same slogan on it. Again, they're spending thousands and thousands of dollars on getting teachers to wear the same kind of t-shirt. And then, of course, after you got your t-shirt out of your mailbox, and some teachers would purposefully leave it in the mailbox, which was hilarious, I would typically throw mine away and be like, I didn't get one. But uh, <laughs> that didn't necessarily work all the time. But um, yeah, I just... It, this hive mind mentality is is the point. And you know that they did this during the quote-unquote COVID nonsense. You know that they did that. And you know that they're still doing it. There are, there are schools out there that are wasting money on t-shirts that say something like, um, the pandemic is over. You know, we were all heroes. We helped each other during the pandemic. And, you know, high five if you're, if you're happy the pandemic's over, whatever it is. You know that they're doing that. You know that they're all wearing the shirt on the same day to get their picture taken so that their picture is in the newspaper and they can pat themselves on the back. Again, that kind of, that hive mind mentality has been studied at length for centuries. And now, I might add, well, certainly in the, in the 20th century, but now they're doing it again with COVID. And this study, I think, is... is revealing because it highlights specifically, again, the people who went along with the mask wearing and the stickers on the floor, for example, from day one, the moment that they bought into it, it was game over for them. They had no idea what was coming next. And again, for those of us out there who were warning people in 2020, they're going to roll out shots. You'd better not take these. Again, um, uh, I, it's just awful. The, the, this, this is just awful. Let me read the abstract here. Again, the title of this is Correlation Between Mask Compliance and COVID-19 Outcomes in Europe. And this was from April. It was published in April. Uh, the abstract says the following, quote, Masking was the single most common non-pharmaceutical intervention in the course of the coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19. Again, COVID-19 doesn't really stand for coronavirus disease 2019. Either way. And of course, they call it a pandemic, and it wasn't. It continues, it says, most countries have implemented recommendations or mandates regarding the use of masks in public spaces. The aim of this short study was to analyze the correlation between mask usage against morbidity and mortality rates in the 2020-2021 winter in Europe. It says data from 35 European countries on morbidity, mortality, and mask usage during a six-month period were analyzed and crossed. Mask usage was more homogeneous in Eastern Europe than in Western European countries. Spearman's correlation coefficients between mask usage and COVID-19 outcomes were either null or positive, depending on the subgroup of countries and types of outcomes, cases, or deaths. Positive correlations were stronger in Western and Eastern European countries. These findings indicate that countries with high levels of mask compliance did not perform better than those with low mask usage. The masks did nothing. That's what it shows. It shows that wearing a mask didn't make anybody healthier, didn't make anybody safer. It didn't do anything. If you got sick, you got sick. 
Why? Because it's not aerosoled. Never has been. It's not a virus. It's a poison. It's a poison. The shots are poison. What people are call, calling COVID-19 was a poison. Electromagnetism, as I've brought up on this show endless times, that's how illness is spread from person to person. You inject it into yourself, and then you are around ill people. It's not that they're coughing and sneezing on you. That has to do with being polite. It's a manners thing when a person coughs or covers their mouth or they sneeze into their elbow. You remember that sneezing into the elbow thing? That started when I was a school teacher too. That never used to be a thing. It never used to be a thing. If a person sneezed, you sneezed into a handkerchief. It was a politeness thing. Because, you know, who likes being snotted on? I mean, no one. But the, the business of the elbow stuff, and oh, if you sneeze on somebody, they're going to get ill. No, that's not true. Virologists believe that, but virologists believe that viruses are a real thing that just travel in the air and we're all doomed. It's ludicrous. But again, countless people bought into this entire thing. But even with this study that, mask, that, that masks do absolutely nothing, again, you could show this study to anyone, a school nurse, for example, and I'm going to get into that story right now. Um, you could show this to them, and they would blow it off. It would go in one ear and out the other. That's how strong the cognitive dissonance is here. That's how strong it is. And it's so bad that they now, again, that school nurses or any of these school employees have to pat themselves on the back and give each other awards and award ceremonies in order to justify their participation in all of this. Keep in mind, even the people providing an award or an award ceremony to school nurses or school officials or whoever, they're blind too. I mean, they don't know what's going on either. I, 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 uh, I mean, every single time that I, that I read a newspaper, which isn't often, maybe once a week tops, Every word in these newspapers is a lie. Every word about uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic, every single word is an absolute lie. It really is, uh, it's really sad. It, it just is. So let me get into this article because, again, this is, <laughs> this is so telling. All right, here we go. This was from Sunday. It's written by Michael D. Clark, and the newspaper here is the Journal News which where I live is basically a tri-county uh, tri newspaper for the most part. All right, it's titled, I hope you're sitting down, by the way, because this is awful. It's titled, Area Schools Recognize Their Nurses as Pandemic Warriors. Again, you know that they probably printed out shirts that say Pandemic Warrior on them, and they wore them with such pride. It gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, beyond the title, trust me. The subtitle, Every Sniffle and Cough Was Potential Symptom of a Deadly Disease. You can't make this up. It says, quote, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm going to have to inject some comedy into this because it's, it's just rife with the opportunity here. Uh, okay, it says, quote, Butler County. It's not like school nurses had an easy job before the onset of America's most dangerous pandemic in more than a century in 2020. They didn't. Period. From allergies, colds, flu, to playground injuries, 
each school day saw a steady, this is a poorly written sentence, saw a steady of line of young teenage students waiting for care and first aid prior to the onset of COVID-19 in March of 2020. But after all Ohio K-12 schools were closed in the fearful final weeks of the school year in 2020, school nurses across the region suspected they would be headed into a historic medical storm as schools attempted to reopen and return to some degree of normalcy in the fall of that year. Uh, again, the way that this is written, it's so dramatic. It's just it's awful. It continues. It says, and then they were right. School nurses recently said in interviews with the Journal News, quote, we look back now and joke about us being at war in 2020, said Lakota school nurse Lisa Brady. It was nerve-wracking, unquote. Now, looking back, as the pandemic appears to be fading from its earlier more dangerous and at times more deadly status, area and state school officials are recognizing school nurses as frontline heroes in 2020, 2021, and into this year in battling both COVID-19 and the fears that swept into classrooms with the virus. Ladies and gentlemen, ugh, I'm rubbing my eyes right now, and my temples. These environments were the ones scaring people. These environments were the ones believing all of the lies. They were perpetuating every falsehood that was placed on them that they read on the interweb, and they blindly believed it. The testing, the contact tracing, the mask wearing. School nurses, again, this is a bold statement, so, <laughs> so be careful here. School nurses are some of the dumbest people that exist in a school building. End of story. End of story. Like I said, they can't read the directions on the side of a box. Now, is it every school nurse? No. School nurses, some of them, the ones who were awake and saw all of this panic and said, settle down, everybody, it's fine. A lot of those school nurses got fired. They got fired. Because even if they were asked to provide information to the school or even the district, and we, we, we've seen those clips, we've seen the clips of, of nurses who were wide awake and school nurses who were wide awake walk up to the lectern of school board meetings and say, look, you, you've all made a huge mistake here. Everybody needs to take the masks off. You don't have to distance. You don't have to have shower curtains and spray kids in the face with disinfectant. You don't have to do that. That's, that's a bigger problem, and that is fear-mongering, which actually lowers their immune system and speeds up the sloughing off of toxic cells, which is going to make them sick. You, you, don't, you don't need to do that. Those nurses who, who said those things lost their jobs. Not just in hospitals, but school nurses themselves working in schools lost their jobs because they needed somebody in there who believed the lie. They needed somebody in there who would toe the line, do what they were told, bend the knee, and follow all of the district orders. Every single nurse in this article that I'm going to continue to read here is fully brainwashed. 
They can't, like, like I said, they can't even read the directions on the side of a box, and that's a nurse. What makes them believe that they're reading the directions on the side of cough syrup or anything else for that matter? I mean, these are the same school nurses that give flu shots every single year to anybody who wants it. They all get ill and they all wonder why. They're all out for three days straight because they've just poisoned themselves, but they have no idea and the school nurse can't connect the dots. This is the insidious nature of not just endless professions, but certainly the medical profession as well. It's so sad. It's just sad. But, but this patting themselves on the back thing is disgusting. It's, um, it's beyond disgusting. Okay, let's see. Uh, it continues. It says, quote, Officials with the Ohio School Board Association recently singled out Lakota's school nurses, including Brady, among all Southwest Ohio school districts with a special award ceremony and dinner to honor their important work through the pandemic. Allow me while I skip ahead. Uh, let's see. This is just terrible. Terrible. Section A11. Here we go. School nurses, quote, seeing them in action in each of their buildings was inspiring, unquote. Lakota Board of Education President Linda O'Connor told the nurses during the OSBA award gathering, quote, from, <laughs> ridiculous, from performing hearing checks to caring for our medically fragile students, from providing band-aids to monitoring our students who have been impacted by COVID-19 and sometimes saving lives. Your dedication to our 17,000 students does not go unnoticed and is deeply appreciated, said O'Connor. The 2020-2021 pandemic school year was a tense pre-COVID vaccine time in American schools. Oh, you can't wait for what's coming. It's already happening. How many of your staff members are out or dead because they're now jabbed? This backpatting is going to backfire on these people. It's going to explode right in their faces. It says, quote, locally and nationally, school officials were scrambling with never tried before precautionary measures, such as man, <laughs> they just admitted it, never tried before precautionary measures, such as mandatory student and staff masking, social distancing, Hybrid class schedules, which saw only half of students attending live classes. See, that's the line there. They got to sneak that one in, blame the students, and then blame online learning as being the problem. Remember, you need government. You need us. You need the school building. Your students won't attend online learning. They can't do that. You need to be here. They have to, they have to drop that propaganda line in. They have to get it in. And they just did. Uh, virus contact tracing, quarantine procedures that included nurses isolating some students each day into a quarantine room, tending to them as they awaited their parents to rush to school and pick them up. Two things there. They openly admit that they had quarantine rooms where they locked students in there as if they had. Ebola, 
and they were bleeding from the eyes as their bowel system was leaking out of their body. I mean, my God, they've lost it. They've absolutely lost it. They're so brainwashed, they're admitting this as being a method that they used, which is abuse. They're, all of this is, is child abuse, but they're openly admitting it. And then, of course, they have to say parents rushed to pick them up. They couldn't just show up. In fact, no, that's not what happened in many cases. In many cases, parents, when they would receive a call from a school nurse, they would say things like, my kid's fine. Send them back to class. And then the nurse, again, would panic. Well, they have, uh, you know, they coughed a little and they sneezed and they looked at their, uh, their best friend with a strange look in their eyes. They probably have COVID. Uh, this is angers me to no end. It really does. They have no idea what they've done. Not a clue. There's blood on their hands. There's child abuse all over them, and they have no idea what they've done. It continues, unfortunately. It says, before the pandemic, said Brady, a student showing up at the nurse's office with the sniffles or a cough was often just a prelude to a cold, not a possible symptom of a potential deadly disease. Really? Among children? How many kids died of COVID or coronavirus? How many? The most unhealthy, probably. And then, of course, they didn't have ivermectin, did they? Nope, wear your mask, deprive yourself of oxygen. That's the solution. It says, quote, we didn't know. We just didn't know, said Brady, who is the school nurse at Hopewell Early Childhood Center. Quote, I spent so much time online that summer, 2020, before school opened, looking at the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, website and studying the Ohio Department of Health website, looking for information because I knew everyone was going to be coming to me with questions. Well, don't we think highly of ourselves? This backpatting, they've got to have handprint bruises on their backs, the size of their back, all this backpatting. And their research, which isn't real research, their reading and looking up information was limited to the CDC and the Ohio Department of Health. Because, ladies and gentlemen, private and government organizations always tell the truth. That's how far gone these people are. I remember, quick sidebar before I continue this horrific article, I remember a while back, I forget who I asked this question to, but I asked somebody about school nurses very early on. I said, How are, what, what are they doing? What are, they, are they going along with this? And they looked at me and they said, Sean, they're as brainwashed as everybody else, if not more brainwashed than everybody else. They are, they are, they're all in on this, all in. Head, they, they just dove head first right into the deep end as a toddler. They just went to hell with it. We're in, 100%. This is our hero moment. They're all acting here in this article as if they are ER nurses. And it's an episode of ER on NBC from back in the 90s. Honest to God. We're not talking about gurneys. It's not a car accident where someone lost a leg and you have to operate. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was just come to work. But trust me, this article gets worse. Here we go. 
Uh, everybody's coming to them with questions. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It says, quote, Any cough or sneeze, I knew they were going to be coming to me, and I had to be ready. Kids were scared. Teachers were scared. I remember the teachers being so nervous about any student with just general allergies, said Brady. That's because they're crazy people. It continues. It says the lead nurse for 10,000 student Fairfield Schools, Pam Bueller, Bueller, is a decade-long veteran of the Butler County School District. And looking back, she said, quote, I've never been through anything like that, unquote. On a hypothetical stress scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the most stressful, each school day, quote, was an 8 to 10, said Bueller. Quote, I bet it was. You're an 8 to 10. Oh, it continues. It says, quote, there was a large amount of stress in not only managing the pandemic aspect of it, but it also, but it's also still trying to manage our daily clinics, getting our kids hearing and vision screenings done, and being able to maintain a sense of stability so parents could come to us as a resource, and putting in long hours too, she said. Again, I mentioned this the first time and thought about this the first time that I, that I read this. Who, who, who comes to a school nurse for help? Who? What, what human being goes, you know what I need to do? I have a serious question, and it's the school nurse I need to ask. Honest to God. Uh, school nurses, too, by the way, which they're not going to mention this in this article because it's a, bat, a back-padding, congratulatory, uh, you're the best kind of article, clearly. But school nurses were, were bombarded with phone calls over the last two years. From wide-awake parents who were saying, you're not really going to have students do this, are you? You're not really going to test them or throw them in a locked room, are you? You're not really doing that. And again, the school nurses, for the most part, were all in. They were all in. But some of them, again, the ones who were awake would say, no, we're not doing that here. That's not happening. Again, those are probably the nurses that have lost their jobs. Those are the those are the nurses that have been fired. The ones who are wide awake. You got to have everybody brainwashed in the same building, ladies and gentlemen. You can't have an outlier. Can't have that. It continues. And this is awful. And well, not to mention in putting in long hours. What long hours? What long hours were school nurses putting in? They're on contracts. They went home the same time everybody else went home. They showed up the same time everybody else showed up. Again, you're not an ER nurse. You're not putting in overtime as a school nurse. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. All the long hours, oh God. All the surgeries we had to do. Ugh, child abusers. Uh, it continues, quote, Caregiving fatigue, unquote, was part of the sometimes overwhelming job, as some school days saw dozens of students identified as possibly infected by the virus. These then launched mandatory and time-consuming contact tracing to find the student who may have been within an infected proximity of a student while in classes or elsewhere in the building, she said. Contact tracing 
was an evasive, purposeful deception to track and monitor students' personal information and then share that with government. That's what that was. It was a surveillance program that had nothing to do with getting sick or making others sick. The contact tracing part was astounding when I first heard about it because, again, I knew what it was. And many of of you listening to this podcast knew what that was really about. You knew the nefarious nature of the contact tracing and how deep that rabbit hole went. But for the surface-level brainwashed, like these school nurses, it was a necessary move because we were able to kick out as many students and quarantine them as humanly possible. They're not doing that anymore. Most schools aren't doing this false contact tracing thing anymore. So now what? Did you ever have to do it? Of course not. The entire thing is a lie. Oh, man. It's just so sad. It continues. It says, from an emotional, spiritual, and psychological standpoint, quote, there was a fatigue of always having to be on top of your game. It was tiring, said Bueller. And then she said this, quote, and even, even though the COVID-19 was taking priority, the COVID-19, hilarious, the COVID, it says, she said, we, we still had to see all of the kids coming through. We had to be cautious, but we had to also be flexible because things changed on a day-to-day basis. Again, anybody who, who listened to these, these nurses talk at this banquet dinner award ceremony backpatting session, it would have been hilarious for one person to stand up and say, you perpetuated a lie. You perpetuated a lie. That person, of course, would have been booed out of the room and arrested for disorderly conduct. That's how lost these people are. And you know that they're at least double, if not triple jabbed. If if they're even alive from the jabs, my God. It continues, it says, quote, it was a constant state of flux, she said. And it says, Middletown schools were among the most aggressive in taking sweeping early measures, opening the 2020-2021 school year with all the remote learning from home and periodically adopting a hybrid class schedule as the pandemic's infected population spiked at times during the year. Elizabeth Beadle, spokeswoman for the 6,300 student Middletown district, looks back in marvels at the healthcare hero role school nurses played. Because, ladies and gentlemen, everybody has to be a hero these days. Remember, trophies for second and third place. Everyone gets a trophy. Everybody's a hero. Uh, It continues, it says, quote, it's exhausting to even remember how much they did during the various peaks of the pandemic, said Beadle. Quote, I can't give enough thanks to our Middletown school nurses. Our nurses tracked COVID-19 cases, cared for students who came down sick at school, covered multiple buildings if another nurse was sick, administered COVID-19 tests, and so much more. No, they didn't care for students. They locked them in rooms. They called parents, yelled at parents to come and pick up their children because they were panicking because they're crazy people. That was happening too. 
Convenient how they leave that out. It wraps up and it says, quote, Area school nurses said that since March of 2020, the current school year, especially the latter half now winding down, has been the closest to the pre-pandemic norm. Quote, All school nurses deserve so much thanks, appreciation, and a restful upcoming summer break, she said. Unquote. That's the end of the article. It's awful. It's beyond embarrassing. Uh, I, I, I shudder. I absolutely shudder to, to think what's coming next. I mean, honest to God, if they fake Marburg virus, which is, which is nonsense, or, uh, you know, the monkey pox, or whatever the hell thing they come up with next, Batten down the hatches, ladies and gentlemen, because these people are going to lose it. They're going to lose it. They already lost it. They already lost the plot. They've lost their minds already over the last two years. Like I said, they went all in. They dove headfirst into the deep end, uh, went home, watched television, probably sat down on pins and needles um, watching the coronavirus task force meetings. What's Lord Fauci going to say that we need to do and implement? And then they just believed it. This is not, you know, I hate to break it down like this, but this is not a culture that is going to survive if countless individuals do not think for themselves. Again, school nurses in particular have, I would say, two times the brainwashing as just about anybody else. They're nurses, number one, so they grew up in a, and they came up in a profession that was surrounded with, with medical lives, the virology being one of them, among countless others. Again, the mask wearing, for God's sakes. I mean, hello, McFly. What is wrong with these people? Um, th- you know, that right there alone is enough. But being in a school environment and the hive mind of that, that's, that's, uh, that, that's next level. Because that alone by itself for school teachers and administrators is taxing and, and mind-numbing for those who are awake. Those who are dead asleep, they go right along with it. Again, they go right along with it. Oh, you want us to wear a red t-shirt because it's heart day? Okay. And then they just nod their head and I need to go get a red t-shirt because I don't own one. And then they wear it, and then they come back to school. I did a thing. And then they pat themselves on the back. These are not, you've heard me say this again, I'm beating a dead horse here, but these are not survivable skills. They just aren't. Because now again, we're talking about two full-blown professions that are double, triple jabbed. Uh, I, 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 you know, we're watching, <laughs> we're watching the collapse. We're watching the complete collapse right in front of our faces, uh, which reminds me, I wrote another Substack article. You can head over to uh, the American Classroom and check out that Substack if you're interested. Again, it has to do with the financial collapse of American schools. And, and like I've said, again, in, in lockstep here, they're now asking for more money. These schools are begging for money. They absolutely pissed away all of that COVID cash. They spend it on windows. They spend it on roofs for their buildings. They spend it on AC units. 
Um, they didn't save it for a rainy day. They didn't do that. They blew all of it. It's all gone. The ones that took it, they stole it. Because again, it was there for the taking and they just took it. Now, of course, they're interested in raising everybody's taxes because they need more money because, well, oops, we're out of it. And we had to use the COVID money for certain things, but we couldn't use it for others. Okay. Okay. You used it for masks that have been proven to not work. You used it for contact tracing to invade everyone's privacy. You used it for COVID tests that have been proven to be fraudulent and are FDA recalled. Now what? Uh, you know, th th these are criminal organizations. End of story. They're criminal organizations. You need to view it like that if you haven't already. Uh, they're, yeah, that's it. They're criminal enterprises. And they are in league by they, K-12, higher ed, you name it. Those institutions are in league with countless other criminal organizations. It's a giant racket. The likes of which, you know, has, has frankly always existed because school nurses have been dishing out flu shots from pharmaceutical companies since the beginning of, of you know, public school and school nurses. Since that became a thing, they've been just towing the line of what government wants them to do. But this is next level. And again, just in summary here regarding this particular subject, I shudder to, to think about what's, you know, what, what, what play has yet to be made here and, and what's coming down the line. Um, it's not going to be good. And again, for those who have homeschooled, congratulations throughout this time because uh, you've saved yourself because there will be another play that gets made. And again, all of the talk right now, of course, of this being 2020, being an election year with the primaries already taking place right now, and then coming up uh, in, in November with, of course, school levies going to be on the ballot and countless other things. Um, you know, it, <laughs> Politicians are, are looking for endless distractions right now, and uh, they've certainly got countless opportunities. Can't wait for all of the Roe v. Wade riots to take place, can you? And all the Roe v. Wade marches and the pink hats will make their way out again and the signs and the t-shirts, the pink t-shirts. I mean, good Lord, it's just going to get obnoxious. It's going to get so obnoxious. Again, summertime, you know, every, every couple of years we need a good old summertime riot. That good old American tradition of a manufactured deep state riot. You got to love it. Here's another example. I, I, I might as well mention this as well. This is, again, not unique to California. This is happening lots of places. And this is one of those, again, perfect criminal behaviors that a criminal organization would engage in. Because again, it's all tied to money. This comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it's titled, California admits that 65,000 students in its community colleges are fake, costing the state millions. Yes, they're padding the numbers. Attendance is tied to money. It's tied to cash. That's exactly what it is. Give this audio a listen. An investigative piece just posted to the website OpenTheBooks.com examines a growing concern for California taxpayers and the California community college system. It's something called 
ghost students. They're fake students like a bot that are enrolled in community colleges and through programs like financial aid and COVID-19 aid and are costing taxpayers millions of dollars. The CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com, Adam Angievsky, joins me now with more. Good morning, Adam. Thanks for taking time to speak to us. Good morning. How big is this problem? Just how many of these ghost students are we talking about? So it's a serious issue causing a lot of chaos within the California community college system. For example, last fall, the California Student Aid Commission admitted that there were 65,000 applications for student aid that they flagged with potential falsehoods, that these, these applications were fake and fake students. 20% of the web traffic, as admitted to by the California Community College System, has been, quote unquote, malicious or uh, bot related. And so it's a big problem. There's a whistleblower, Professor Kim Rich, and she says that one out of every three students in her classroom are fake. She estimates at the high end that there's 180,000 fake students enrolled in the California system, but obviously California already admits to 65,000 of those fake students. And how is this being done? That is an incredible number. So how do you do that many fake students? So the hackers, you know, the students aren't real, they're fake, and they've been put in the system by hackers. With each fake student, there's a potential of $5,000 of federal student aid in question for each student. So they can steal a lot of money potentially very quickly. They're not being private about their methodology. That one hacker who has 70,000 followers on YouTube put up a video of how you too can enroll in under seven minutes in a California community college. Once you're enrolled, you're eligible potentially for thousands of dollars worth of state and federal student aid. What is it that schools can do to prevent this or something like this from happening? Well, they've known about this problem for at least a year and they moved too slow for too long. For example, from whistleblower Professor Kim Rich just yesterday, I reviewed screenshots that she captured from yesterday's student enrollment web traffic. Okay, it's still going on. You have students with the same name, students with the, you know, multiple students on the same student ID number. You have students enrolled in this professor's class with the names Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So the colleges, they need to get serious about this problem. And at OpenTheBooks.com, our auditors, we're calling on the California Community College System to open the books and come clean, not only with the taxpayers in California, but this is a federal issue with taxpayers across the country. And it would seem like it's not just the taxpayers and the schools, it's the students who are entitled to that money who are also being cheated out of the funds they would be using to further their education. Absolutely. 65,000 bot students, fake students, cause a lot of problems. They close out classes for real students. They take up seats in California community college classes away from real students. It's always been a problem for real students to get all their classes within the system. There's always been a capacity problem. You throw 65,000 to 180,000 fake students into that system and it's abject chaos for the real students. Can't we all agree that in the California community college system, that the students should be real. Good point. CEO and founder of OpenTheBooks.com, we appreciate your time and thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you.
first of all, I love the newscaster's voice. It's classic. I'm, I'm it, you know, is that a prerequisite for being, you know, being in the news basically and, and being on the nightly news that you have to talk like that? Good God, everybody. Can't believe the fraud. It's incredible. Holy Lord. Two down, bottom of the ninth. I mean, do they have to talk like that? I wonder if he talks like that in his private life. What's for dinner? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. Either way, if, if, the guy, if the guy for that organization is wondering why the schools were slow to react, it's because they're in on it. That's why. He knows that, but he, he probably can't say it right now. And it's most certainly a federal issue. And don't think for a minute that it's just schools doing this. Businesses were doing it too. This is the largest money laundering operation nationwide that has ever taken place. It's astounding. The size of the illegality is incredible. Government gave them a free check. They reached their hand out. They took it. Didn't have to, but they did anyway. And now they want more. And the only way to get more is to continue to make it look as if more students are there than maybe were there in the past? Unlikely. It's, uh, why, why anybody would believe that, given all the other statistics that exist of students running away from these education institutions, is beyond me. But hey, they're getting away with it. And like any criminal who gets away with the first move, they're going to try a second move and a third and a fourth until they get caught. But there will still be criminals that will do it even though some of their fellow criminals have gotten caught. This is happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. K-12 schools have to be engaging in this also. They have to be cooking the books. They have to be making it sound as if they have higher enrollment. Not to mention, what, what state official is going to travel from school to school and do a head count? You know that you have, again, school board members, administrators, treasurers, superintendents cooking the books. They have to be doing that. They have to be saying, well, our enrollment is higher than it's ever been. I mean, Miami University ha has done that recently. They too have done that. And I highlight that briefly in the Substack article that I just wrote. But they, too, openly said at the beginning of this school year that they have the highest freshman enrollment that they've ever had. I screamed bullshit the second I heard that. I said, no, you don't. No way. There's no way that that's possible. Now, recently, in an article, they admitted it. They admitted that, it was, that that's not true. They didn't say it that way. They just said the exact opposite is a fact. They said, well, we, you know, our enrollment is down. Well, no kidding. No kidding it is. It doesn't pass the eyeball test. Again, when you drive around a college or university campus and you look around, there are very few students there. Where there used to be thousands, there are now hundreds, if not a hundred, walking around. Just a hundred. Again, we're being gaslit, ladies and gentlemen. It's a gaslighting operation that is massive. I mean, 9-11 was bad on gaslighting. This is, this is bad, too. This is equally as bad. That's not 100 students, you see. That's over 1,000. Uh, we, we don't have low enrollment here. We have the highest enrollment we've ever had. Keep your mouth shut. Walk away. I mean, it, it's, it blows me away. 
they actually think that they're getting away with it, though. They, they think that they can continue to say the things that they're saying, K-12 schools, community colleges, universities, and we're not paying attention. Oh, no, we've caught you. We know what you're doing. We get it. And the gaslighting doesn't work for us. It just doesn't. Unfortunately, it works for many, which is a shame. And I've said this before, and I find this funny. The students that are continuing to go to any institution, again, whether it be a community college, a university, uh, a K-12 school, those that are still going and can visually see a lack of people being there, are they not for a second asking themselves why their fellow peers aren't there anymore? Are they not saying to themselves, wait a minute, maybe there's somewhere else I can go to school? Maybe there's another thing I could be doing right now. I continue to go and you know, subject myself to this machine of indoctrination and, and human abuse and human rights violations. But why are my peers not here anymore? What, what do they have figured out that I haven't figured out yet? That's the real question. Again, I, I would be shocked if enrollment increases. It clearly won't. The writing is on the wall that more and more people are running from these institutions, and rightfully so. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and as I say again in the in the Substack article, I reiterate what Dr. Robin McCutcheon brought up when she was on last week. Students and, and professors aren't going because of the cost of living. Tuition is up. Campus living is, the, the costs are up. Gasoline. They don't even want to drive to class. And what did she say? She said, I think 75% of all Marshall University students don't live on campus, which means they have to commute. I've been on that campus. It's not the largest campus I've ever seen in my life. And again, when you live there in Huntington, West Virginia, you're, you tend to live on the outskirts of town. So yeah, you have to commute. But they don't even want to go. Even the students that are enrolled don't even want to attend. And they're just not going. It's crumbling to the ground. I, I think it's fascinating. It's, and they're doing it by their own hand, and they have no idea. Again, just like the school nurses, patting themselves on the back, we did a good thing. Oh, everybody's jabbed and falling ill? Well, we can't for the life of us figure out why. It's, it's amazing. It's just all falling down here. Um, I want to wrap up here by, by mentioning this. I want to provide my brief review of the Dinesh D'Souza movie, 2000 Mules. I'm going to do my best to make this quick. Um, I wasn't that impressed. I know that this isn't going to be a, uh, a very popular take. I know voter fraud existed. I chronicled the entire thing in real time as it was happening in writing, I might add, by... by summarizing and collecting and compiling endless points of view from endless Americans and anonymous Americans on the internet, the days leading up to election day of 2020, the day of, and approximately 14 days after the fact. That was in a book series that I, that I compiled, uh, if you're unaware of that book series. If a person is interested, the, the book series is titled The Storm, and it is available on Amazon, even though Amazon deleted half of the book volumes. But volume nine is where I chronicle everything that happened on election day and the days, again, a couple of days leading up to election day and then the days after. 
I'm going to make that available for free in PDF form if you're interested. I'll link it in the description below. My recommendation again is you download it, give it a read. It's, it's a nice history lesson of what was really going on. Um, you know, again, the days leading up to the day of and then the days after. Uh, but again, if you want it in paperback or you want it in Kindle form, it is on Amazon and it is available there still. Regarding 2,000 Mules, I thought it missed the mark. I thought it was too short. I thought there was more information that they could have brought to bear regarding the actual mules themselves, the, the drop boxes, again, the, the fraudulent paper ballots, all of that stuff. I just thought it missed the mark. And when they opened up and made it very theatrical, which I know Dinesh D'Souza does that, I've seen all of his movies. Um, I've, I even watched, I think, one of them in the theater. It could have been, uh, I think it was the one before the 2020 election was the one I saw in the theater. But, and I like his work. I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. But when you, open, when you open the movie with Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, uh, Sebastian Gorka, and Charlie Kirk, I'm sorry. Uh, you're you're going to lose a lot of people. I'm not a fan of any of those guys. I'm just not. Um, you know, they're not exactly they're not exactly the sharpest knives in the drawer. Um, I you know I I know that they're hardworking dudes. I guess they make money. You know, lots of it doing God knows what, but all kinds of controlled analysis. Basically, I mean, Sebastian Gorka thinks that the vaccines work. Wrap your head around that one. Um, these, you know, Sebastian Gorka calls people conspiracy theorists to their face when they're a hundred percent right. That kind of stuff I really don't like at all. You know, Charlie Kirk, bless his heart. You know, he he looks like he just woke up. Every single time I see him, he looks disheveled, like he woke up. And and people who've listened to my my podcast know that I've criticized him thoroughly. Uh, for, you know, for his approach when he when he gives public speaking engagements and someone asks him a question and comes up to the microphone and, and whatever else. Dennis Prager, same thing. You know, he, he, he's just very middle of the road. I don't want to take an opinion one way or another. That's how he started it off. Um, and then, of course, it was it, the entire film was set up so that it made it look as if they were convinced by the end of watching it that, uh, that yes, there was voter fraud. I don't need those four guys to tell me there was voter fraud. I, I know that there was. I, I don't need them to do my thinking for me. Like, ooh, look, these four numbskulls no, said that there's voter fraud. Well, there must have been. If if someone, I, I, I don't know the audience that it was really intended for other than the individual who is incapable of thinking who still watches Fox News. I mean, that's a, you know, th that is a small percentage of society. But if somebody walked away from that movie and went, wow, that's incredible. I can't believe it. I mean, that person's not awake. That person isn't awake. The moment that they started pushing paper ballots, it immediately screamed fraud. Immediately. And for anybody out there who's completely wide awake, you, you know the posts that I'm talking about, which, by the way, are in volume nine. Of, of the Storm series, which again, I'm going to make available for free on PDF if you're interested in, in, uh, in downloading that. Um, John Here to Help was the Twitter handle of a guy who was apparently ex-FBI or ex-CIA. I think he was ex-FBI, if I'm not mistaken. He openly said it in a tweet thread that was 100% accurate. And I first read it back in April. 
And then I read it again, I believe in June or July. And it, it basically said all of that. It said the media is going to steal it. The media will steal the election. You will vote. Some people will use paper ballots. Some people will drop them off in drop boxes. Many of them will be fraudulent. They won't be counted. And the media will just say that, that Joe Biden won and Donald Trump lost. And they will gaslight you. And that's what will happen. That's their move. That's what's going to happen. I knew that a long time ago. I knew that again back in, in, in April and, and again later that summer of 2020. I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying that that's what happens when you read and investigate for yourself and you bounce around the internet. You're going to come across thought-provoking stuff, and much of which comes true. If you're watching Fox News, you don't stand a chance. So I think that's what, I think that's what 2,000 Mules was for. It was for the individuals who didn't know about the drop boxes. And again, I, I, you would have to be completely blind to not understand that the drop boxes were designed for fraud. When before have they ever been used, ladies and gentlemen? They haven't. And that right there should have been the first tipping point, I, I think. It should have been the first tip off. You mean we have to use carrier pigeons to vote now? I'm all in. I can't wait to use carrier pigeons. It's so, it's just so convenient. I don't have to get in my car and press on a confusing computer. We just get to use carrier pigeons now. Again, if, if that doesn't wake anybody up and, and that's not suspicious to anybody, I, I don't know, I don't know uh, if they can be helped or not. I'm not saying it was a terrible movie. It, it just, it really could have gone deeper and it didn't, which I, which I thought was too bad. But I don't know. For the low intellect voter, um, and again, I know that sounds insulting, but for the people who weren't awake this entire time, it might be for them. I've seen more, I've seen more internet footage of the Dropbox surveillance stuff than what even they showed in their, in their footage in 2000 Mules. So I don't know. There's that. But that, that's kind of my take on it. Again, I think it serves a purpose. Um, but for those of us that are wide awake, it didn't, it didn't serve much of one. So it, it, there was nothing in it that was you know, revolutionary. It's much like the pandemic movies. Same thing. Again, I, I don't think it's for us. It's not for the people that are wide awake. We know it was a pandemic. We get it. You know, we, we, don't have, we don't have to keep interviewing the likes of Robert Malone and, and Peter McCullough to understand what's going on. We get it. These are virologists. They think viruses are real. They think that coughing and sneezing spreads disease. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to add. I don't want that to sound overly cynical, although I'm, I'm certain it probably does. But, uh, but, but that's, yeah, that's about it. We have to be individuals. And it's going to be individuality that, that wins the day here. But if enough people aren't thinking for themselves and running away from these mainstream media outlets, even the ones that are claiming to be conservative and, you know, we have your best interests at heart. Anybody who says that following phrase, they should not be trusted. And you need to, you need to think for yourself first. If Sean Hannity says it, well, then it must be true. If that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, God help us all. Uh, okay. In conclusion, again, if you're interested in taking a look at volume nine of the Storm series, I'm going to make it free and available uh, in the description below. So check that out, download it, and, and peruse through it if you want. Again, it's tweets, it's memes, it's charts, 
its anonymous posts of what was going on and uh, take a look at it if you're interested. Other than that, have a great week. I'll catch you on Wednesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.